is uh, This is Joe Cole. This is Ruben Loftus Cheek, and you're listening to the London, the London is Blue podcast. All right, Chelsea fans, welcome back to another episode of the London is Blue podcast. That is right. Oh, we are now no. a French supporting podcast. <laughs> no. Get wow. out of here. Please uh, restart. Please restart. You're welcome. Bleh cheese. Bringing like some that on your culture wings? to this podcast, Dan. Something you would know nothing about. Yeah, Dan. One, one idiot. La cultura. <laughs> we are back with a World Cup date. Uh, the what round? I guess the round of 16 is done. We have moved on to the quarterfinals bracket. So we're going to be covering uh, exactly what happened there. Uh, we still have many Chelsea players involved. Definitely one more than I would have predicted mm-hmm. <laughs> based off of uh, one Northern Africa country's result. Um, and then we're going to be, uh, I guess, looking at the bracket ahead and maybe making some bold predictions. But gentlemen, before we get into the nitty gritty, you know, the boring stuff, we did announce a little bit quietly that uh, we're going to fuck around and go to London. <laughs> I mean, that is those what? are the exact what? words we use. So, I mean, I don't know how people... And Could you're invited. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, man, we're going back to London. We're doing our first group trip since 2019. It's like January of 2019, so barely 2019. Um, obviously, COVID and other things have stopped big group trips from happening. But you know what? We're uh, we're going back, partnering with XL Tours, uh, who have, have uh, helped us do our previous uh, four trips uh, back. You know, between 2017 and 2019. Uh, which were excellent times had by all, made a bunch of friends, uh, kept a bunch of uh, really close contacts throughout the time. Uh, and yeah, man, I'm really excited to go back and and bring some uh, some hearty folks with us for, for a week of fun. Well, we got plenty of matches that we're going to. Yes, it's Chelsea at home in the Premier League against Dirty Leeds. It's, yes, at, it's Chelsea at home against Dortmund, Champions League night. And, uh, you know, we'd recommend you don't have to do it, but the Chelsea women are going to be playing the Brighton women, uh, women's team at Queen's Meadow. So uh, it's King's Meadow on the map, but really it's Queen's Meadow. We all know that. Uh, in our that's hearts. not included yep. in our hearts and our minds and our souls in every facet of our being. We know that. Uh, the hotel and tickets are included in the uh, the price uh, plus in breakfast as well. So, you know, you start your day with a hearty meal. You can save $100 off by using the code LONDONISBLUE150. Before December 9th. So you have just a few more days to use that. It's a $500 deposit to get started. There's a payment plan available. There are limited spaces, though. So you want to hurry up and book. We have had a couple of people let us know. Gave us, shot up a signal flare to say, hey, they're going to be joining us. Uh, we're looking at you, DPZ. We're very excited that you're coming back on the trip with us. That is a lot of fun there just by itself. That might even be a more of a reason, Nick, to go then just because the three of us are gone. Well, as you know, PZ is just full of shenanigans. You know, he's a hype man. He's he's almost too excited at times. And I think that that, that really is the lesson to be learned. But look, we're pumped. Uh, we're going to do a live pod while we're there. We're going to cajole Rick Glanville into giving one of his famous uh, Chelsea history walking tours. We're going to do a bunch of pubs. We're going to have some fun. I mean, this is what we do. Uh, if you're coming on the trip, Please believe you don't have to hang out with us all the time. A bunch of folks usually go and do sightseeing stuff during the day or go to different restaurants or whatever. Uh, We'll organize just enough group activities so that you don't get bored of us. 
and uh, and the rest of the time you'll have to to party on. So uh, look, we, we really do hope we have a hearty group coming over. I know there's been uh, quite a bit of interest so far. So if you're thinking about it or if you have questions or anything, please let us know. Reach out via DMs, reach out via email, contact at LondonIsBluePodcast.com, and we will do our best to get you answered in short order. We want you to take advantage of that, that 150 bucks off. Again, um, if you haven't been, going with a group is a great way to kind of initiate yourself. Uh, if you have been, but you just want to have a hell of a time going with friends, go for it. My wife is coming. Dan's wife is coming. Women and wives have come. So like if they're, if you're thinking about, you know, either you're a female thinking about coming or you have a plus one that's female thinking about coming, like it is female friendly as well. The trip is a good time. It's family friendly too. We've had people bring multiple members of their family as well. Generational elements to it too. And look, not every night is a New Year's Eve party at the Bunga Bunga Club uh, that is <laughs> gone down in infamy from prior trips. You would trips. know, Dan. Uh, some of it is just drinks at the cock before a match or going to the Atlas afterwards or just enjoying one another's company, uh, You know, just walking around and sightseeing London. There's a whole lot to do. You can get involved in any way you want, but this is guarantees you the start of a really good time, and then some of it may be up to you. As I was saying... Uh, our friends at XL Tours are also essentially concierge on the ground support. Again, if you want to go see Stonehenge, they'll tell you how to not get hustled. If you want to go to see a show, they will help you get tickets. There's just a lot of added benefits. Um, don't make it just about the football. London is an amazing city. Uh, go to the World War II bunkers. Go to the museums. You know, yeah. go to go to Buckingham Palace. It is just such a good time. We want to facilitate the getting to London. No, you have the tickets and you have friends there. Um, but again, the, the the we've been four, five, six times, and like there's still things on our list that we try to go see while we're there. So uh, you're you're undercounting our our times in London. We're basically permanent residents at this point. Um, but yeah, look, uh, we are we're really pumped about this. Um, we love. You know, especially if it's your first time coming over to see to see Chelsea play. I remember when we went over as a group for the first time and like how special that was. And every subsequent time we took people over who was their first time, it was like getting to relive our first time walking into the bridge and seeing that like twinkle in your eye. And uh, so, yeah, if you're, if you're thinking about it or you have questions, hit us up. Uh, we are going to have a blast. Yeah, for sure. Uh, huge shout out to Lev from Poland for the Apple Podcast Review. Really appreciate it. You were up to 1.6 on Spotify with an average of 4.9 stars. Uh, killing it as well. Um, I think we talked about merch lately. Have we? Holidays? Put it on your list. We've got it. People like it. We're all going to be posting photos of us wearing the merch, which I know you're saying to yourself, aren't you guys models? And, we, and look, we definitely are. Uh I'll be, you know, I'll have the sweatshirt. I have the hat on right now. I got a Queens Meadow shirt. I got a great mug. Uh, there's a bunch of awesome stuff on the site. I mean, this is a sales heavy part of the part of the episode, but we uh, we tried to keep everything from a price standpoint very reasonable. Uh, these are not one hundred dollar t shirts. They are not eight hundred dollar sweatshirts. They're uh, they're very uh, price conscious in in a way. Um, and so we hope that you, uh, are, are interested and we hope that this is a point of, uh, of maybe giving, uh, to a, to a loved one who uh, has listened to our dreaming on for years now. So do that. Yeah. Uh, again, this is just things that we're trying to do to give back, you know, to the community. 
So um, you guys have asked for it. We're just trying to deliver uh, as we can. So anyways, we're going to take our ad break. When we get back, we're going into the Morocco stunning of Spain. That's right. S-Pain is, is how we're pronouncing it. So thank you to sponsors, and we'll be right back. If you're bored of the U.S. Netflix, why not just take it for a spin in the U.K.? Using NordVPN and a click of a button, you can do just that. No need to travel to Japan for your favorite anime when NordVPN brings it right to you. With over 5,000-plus server options, no show is out of your reach. Using my link, nordvpn.com forward slash London is blue, you can receive a huge discount on a two-year plan plus one free month. We all love to binge, but look, privacy is a big deal too. NordVPN keeps your information encrypted so you never have to worry about your IP or location getting out. They've also doubled down on keeping you safe with their new threat protection feature. Say goodbye to intrusive website ads and malware. Even if you download an affected file, threat protection kicks in and deletes it before it makes a mess of your computer. Don't forget, there's literally no risk when you use our 30-day money-back guarantee. Give it a try, and if you like it, great. If you don't, they'll issue you a refund. You can pretend the entire situation never happened. Check out my link again. That's nordvpn.com forward slash London is blue to get your subscription started today. All right. That is right. Pain. I actually, did you know they're on the, uh, they're on the S they're on the S plane now? Boom. True. Morocco doing the unthinkable and uh, just wiped the floor with Spain. Zero, zero. (laughs) No XG. Just a real (laughs) beatdown. Just a real nil-nil (laughs) beatdown. They were out to survive. Uh, They did just that. But, like, Spain didn't really do enough either. Like, this is pretty much all on them. When you see a .6 XG from Morocco to .9 to Spain, I think that's low. I mean, obviously, Spain hitting the the far post at the final seconds of the game. They had 13 shots. How many on target, Dan? One. Yeah, not good enough. Uh, Morocco had six shots, two on target. They had a whopping 23% possession. Um, so this was the big one. This was the big surprise. This was now the second game that went into pens. Uh, Croatia, Japan being the first one. I mean, Nick, Spain, real up and down tournament, you know, waxing um, Costa Rica right away. Uh, and then they kind of did okay against Germany, right? Like they both were very kind of timid in that one. Yeah. yeah. And then um, their game versus, I they guess, would have been Japan. Japan. Yeah. And that mm-hmm. was up and down the whole time, too. She just, I don't know. Did like Spain, what, just lack of focus? I mean, what was going on? It's, it's really interesting, right? Because like you watch that first game against Costa Rica and you're like, oh shit, <laughs> these guys are back and they're, they're like, gonna win the world cup <laughs> yeah they're like not messing around they're scoring goals right left and center the passing is crisp i mean they're, they're keeping the ball you know very reminiscent of like barcelona chasing shadows days like and then you know germany's just a an interesting beast to tangle with like both teams had a lot on the line germany absolutely needed a result in that game and so the, the game got a little cagey then they played against japan and i actually didn't think they played terribly against japan but that Japanese team was just gutsy until the very end. I mean, and, you know, it was just one of those deals where Spain could not really get enough going forward. It was like they scored all of their goals 
too early <laughs> in the tournament, which, you Classic. know, as a U.S. fan, I, I wish we had more goals. But, you know, th- their problem is the same as many many teams in this tournament, which is they don't have a recognized number nine. And, you know, Morata is not going to do it at a World Cup level. It just, you know, no, no offense to him. He's not good enough. Ferran Torres is not your classic number nine. They don't have uh, David Villa. They don't have a, a Fernando Torres in his pomp. Like they don't they don't really have that sort of like dynamic striker number nine to crash the box and, and make space. You see Spain passing and passing and passing and passing. And there's just nothing there. And they're not aerially dominant, Dan. So when those crosses do go in, it's hard to get ahead on them. And so you know, even playing against a team like Morocco, which is happy to give away the ball, there was just not a whole lot for Spain to do. There's the one time where Morata felt like it was going to go back into the net as well in terms of the heading defense that they were putting in. I did enjoy the one tweet from one of the writers at The Athletic where they talked about how Spain completed 100% of their passes to Morocco's goalkeeper. <laughs> in the penalty shootout. In the penalty shootout. And I laughed. I laughed. I'm also laughing. But can we can we talk about our boy, Hakim Ziyech? Getting his team into the quarterfinals? Tell you what, that is a big U-turn from not playing for my country to putting it all <laughs> on the line today. Yeah. All the difference a manager makes. All the difference. Uh, I mean, look, he, he's he been the talisman of this team. He, you know, He's been one of the more popular players in this team for some time, obviously taking some time off due to a disagreement with an international manager is a bold choice. However, it worked, right? It worked to their advantage. And this new manager is like a 46-year-old former player who's basically just vibes and, and defensive organization. And, the you know, watching the way that Ziyech has, like, played with a smile on his face in this tournament is is so odd to me because he's never really done that at Chelsea, <laughs> like, ever. He's been there for, what, two and a half years now and just never really... Never really has done it. And so I'm happy for him, man. I'm really happy for this Morocco team. I mean, those celebrations after the match were tremendous. And I know that country is just exploding with pride right now. I mean, to to beat your, uh, you know, elitist neighbors across the Strait of Gibraltar, um, you know, if Spain has won everything there is to win in international football, it's just, you know, it has to be a remarkable, remarkable day to be a Moroccan. So obviously, you know, Ziyech, you know, advances. Uh, an interesting team that they have here, right? You've got a couple of players from the Angers, which I, I have no idea what country that that is in. Angers, I think that's French. Angers, that sounds yeah. a hell of a lot better than me saying Angers. Uh, <laughs> a couple of Sevilla players, obviously Ziyech at Chelsea, Hakimi, the other big name at PSG. Um Amrabat is having a good tournament. Yes, he is. Maybe he'll get a big money move to a big club. Uh, Amrabat <laughs> at Fiorentina, uh, Aguerd at, at West Ham, Roman Saiz at Besiktas, and then uh, their left back, Mezraoui, at uh, Bayern. And they're averaging 27-year-old, so they're kind of right in that sweet prime uh, as far as the balance of the team. Play a 4-3-3, uh, hard to beat, defend like hell. And in and they are sending Captain Aspilicueta home early. Uh, it's it's uh, the the player that stood out for me this entire tournament for them has been Saiz, uh, who's just been a absolute rock at the back. I mean, the dude 
he pulled maybe a hammy today or something. They were wrapping it as, as it was like a Christmas ham, his thigh. They were wrapping that thing in, in cellophane. And I, I just uh, watching that dude defend and like, you know, putting his neck on the line. You know, we, we've, we've seen him play kind of average football, I think formerly at Wolves, right? Um, but he's just been an absolute giant. And, you know, again, I watched those celebrations. It was even Fox, <laughs> which the coverage has just been tough at times in this in this World Cup. Even Fox got this one right by just showing the scenes after the game. We don't need commentary. Just look at them. They're throwing people in the air. Their goalkeeper was amazing today in penalties. Just soak it in, man. And, and, you know, I love seeing like even the celebrations in England, Dan, where, you know, it looked like Edgware road, uh, had, you know, a bunch of, uh, Moroccans were, were, you know, marching down the street and celebrating there. I mean, it's just, it's a very, 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 very good night in Morocco. Well, and there was even a good, uh, Opta tweet, Opta Gene tweeting one Morocco coach Walid uh, Regregui has become the first ever African manager to reach the world cup corner finals pioneer. And, uh, you know, from a former Moroccan international to coach his team into this position, he was hired in, be, hired in August then. I know that that's again, there's a lot of. There's a lot of fun stuff that if you're an absolute neutral and you're like, how do I find a team to root for? Like, I don't want to root for a favorite. The Moroccan team absolutely is oh, yeah. winning over some hearts and minds. And there are going to be plenty of people who are uh, looking for them to uh, continue this run. But I won't I won't I won't push this too far, Brandon. I know how upset you get when I uh, advance the script without your permission. Well, I mean, look, just a, a final note for Aspie too. It's a bummer for him, right? Probably his last World Cup. Um, you know, he he has not experienced kind of the highest highs with Spain as, as maybe they had in, in kind of the, you know, early, you know, that, that 2008 to 2012 run was just insane. That Spanish team was so good. And he never really got to reach that in the same way um, with Spain. And, and look... I'm happy that he's not hurt because we're going to need him upon return to the Premier League in uh, in but three short weeks. But um, I am bummed for him because I know I know he would have been really looking forward to to getting into this team. And like a couple of years ago, he wasn't even close to sniffing this team. So it was it was great for him to at least get a go and, and participate. Oh, I mean, more than participated, he was very much part of it. Uh, I don't know if you guys said it, but uh, the fourth African side to reach the quarterfinals. Um, I, I, that was kind of my pick. I was like, hey, if, it, if, if it's not going to be the U.S., let's go wild. Let's get an African team to win it. Uh, they are flying that flag as it stands. So we'll see how that shakes out. The other one, uh, good old Swiss miss out. That's right. <laughs> Adios, Senor uh, I like Swiss. how Brandon's going to get credit for that one. And it is written in the script. That had Dan written all over the it that far. Presentation <laughs> is really key. Uh, Portugal cruise into the quarterfinals. 6 1. Uh, I stopped paying attention after four. And, uh, <laughs> you know, just bummed Ronaldo didn't get on the score sheet, honestly. Are so, you? Are Ronnie you on sad? the bench brought brought the new guy in and he crushed it 
young 21 year old gets his hat trick uh some of the stats 2.1 xg buried six not bad switzerland had a 1.2 got their one uh 15 shots nine on target for portugal 10 shots from switzerland three on target uh portugal with only 48 percent possession but they didn't need it because they were up so they got to sit back and just decimate uh switzerland on the counterattack. nick it was um someone say if tyson fought an infant uh, yeah, it was uh, it was bad. Obviously, there there was uh, news coming out of, I believe it was Senegal and Switzerland, and there's another team that had like a flu like illness going around right now. Um, friend of the pod, Ollie Glanville, had a question to us in our in our WhatsApp saying, if it's with these guys, how many more is it going to hit? Um, you know, because they're all playing together and sweating together and snot rocketing each other and everything. So we'll see if that has an impact on future matches. Um, but the, the young cat that you uh, referenced earlier, uh, Brandon, uh, he was kind of the holdup guy to Darwin Nunez, more traditional number nine at Benfica. Gonzalo Ramos taking Ronaldo's place with a plum. I mean, the first strike, absolutely insane. Had no I mean, business shooting. Oh my God. It was, it was like that Drogba one where he just ripped it so hard that even Cudicini, who was standing right there, just never had a chance. Like, blazed past him. What a fucking rip that was. I mean, Jesus, this kid is talented, man. Really talented. And in in the worlds of, of soccer-nomics where they tell you not to buy players based on international or World Cup appearances, yep. I have a pretty strong feeling that he's <laughs> he's going to be purchased quite soon by someone or, or some sort of pre-contract agreement, Dan, because holy hell, amazing performance. Yeah, he had a day. I, I don't know if I love, necessarily love the framing of this one tweet I found, um, but it was effectively that he is the youngest person since Pele to score a hat trick in a World Cup knockout match. And I don't know. I think anytime you could be associated with Pele in a stat, that's usually a good thing. Yeah, yeah. When you're when you're when your parents like the only way that I would be framed with Pele is if my middle name was somehow Pele and they used my full name in a statement. Like he was he was a superstar, man. I mean, really, really impressive. And and look, the rest of the team was too. I mean, Portugal just played with a freedom, Dan, that it was like the 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 weight of Ronaldo's bullshit had been lifted off of them and the rest of their insanely talented world-class squad could just kind of be themselves without the narrative kind of wearing them down. And I don't know, like, I don't think you can start Ronaldo in any match moving forward. I, I just, I think that, I think that time period watching what happened today, watching the way they played with each other after struggling to score goals, like it's impressive. Yeah. You don't like you don't fuck with the rhythm, right, Brandon? Like there have been times when I'm sure you've been in your team and you, things were gelling, and you know you don't you don't screw with something that's working. Well, and you could, I mean, he's a super sub too. You know, he's got height, he can jump. Like he doesn't have the legs anymore. Like it's a luxury to be able to bring Ronaldo off the bench. Um, you know, Ramos, Nick, he is primed to be picked off uh, at Benfica. This is you know literally. Darwin Nunez to a T as well, coming from Portugal, having played not even a full season in the first team, uh, 21 years old, market value 23 million. 
He's got nine goals and assists in 11 matches in Liga Portugal right now. Add about 30 million to that price tag after today, I think. So, yep. Like, that's the way that goes. So, he's essentially been at Benfica since 2020, um, 80 games, 28 goals. You know, I he he potentially could be. But again, like the this team is very strong. Uh, they've got a good bench of players that can come in and support the group as well. They seem to be all playing on kind of the same same page. I mean, Liao isn't even starting for them. Uh, Jose Sa, who we know plays for Wolves. I mean, Jao Cancelo didn't play. He must be injured. Uh, Dalo is playing. Um, but again, the fact is like they have a deep team that they can pull from. Uh, Nevish came off the bench again. Ronaldo came off the bench, and so I, defensively they're still not great. Um, the Swiss were bad, uh, and I I don't think we're really expecting anything from them. Uh, and so I, th- you know, to me this is straightforward. I think we're all just surprised that Portugal put six past them. So now it's kind of goes: Are they that good, or do they just put on a bit of a show against a bad Swiss team? We know who they have to play in the next round, which we'll touch on in a second. Uh, they could easily see themselves, though, in the semifinals, which I don't know if any one of us had that much faith that, A, after Ronaldo dropping the bombshell at with Pierce Morgan, and, and then while being in camp with Manchester United players, and then announcing that he's mutually uh, consented to, to tearing up the contract that they'd still be in this position. They've had to overcome a lot of nonsense and some kind of annoying, annoying things. I mean, people forget though, this Swiss team two years ago in the Euros beat France. Like this is not a bad Swiss team. I don't think they played exceptionally Dan throughout this tournament, but like they were a tough out uh, for a lot of teams and not today. They, they looked like a shell of themselves today. Yeah, when you kind of look, go back and look at what their performance was, they came in second in their group to Spain, uh, into to Brazil. Uh, they kind of yep. had six points as well. So, yeah. I mean, and they, they had scored goals. I mean, they didn't have great goal difference. You know, there's plus one, uh, four goals scored, uh, three allowed. So, you know, they, they weren't carrying a ton of momentum in, but anytime you have a chance to make it in to a knockout stage, really anything can happen. And uh, unfortunately, the anything that could happen was Portugal just being Portugal and uh, Swiss not being Portugal. You know, who else beat France? Tunisia. So maybe they're not the best litmus <laughs> test. Mm. All right, we're going to take our last break. When we're back, we're jumping into uh, the last two matches and a look ahead at the... Uh, quarterfinals. Quarterfinals? Quarterfinals. All right. Thanks, sponsors. We'll be right back. Quarterfinals. All right. Quarterfinals. Did, quarter, did I say that? <laughs> quarterfinals. Did I say that for the break? We're at the quarterfinals. Quarterfinals with cheese. You know, it's your classic. <laughs> Kovacic and Silva advancing. Uh, that's right. Brazil also not holding back, winning 4-1 to one versus Korea Republic. Uh, again, top line stats, Brazil with a 3.6 XG. That is the highest I've seen. I need to go back and look at the Spain one, but at least in the knockout round, I think that is by far and away the most. Korea with a 0. 0.5. Uh, Brazil had 18 shots, 9 on target. Highly efficient. Uh, Korea had 8 shots, 6 on target. Actually more efficient. Uh, Brazil with 53% possession. Uh, Dan, you have the attacking sequence involvements here. Brazil is just... A powerhouse and attack they don't really defend 
as a unit, but the people that they have in defense are fighting like absolute warriors. Like that back five care. And so when, when that opens up the rest of the team to go Samba the way down the field, it's, it's going really well. So, um, care to Samba. Yeah, Dan. Who 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 doesn't want a samba at the moment? And the real reason I put this in, I'm not looking to throw praise on Richarlison. I don't want to talk about Rafinha or Neymar. I want to go down the fact that the wonderful, the ageless, the imperious Thiago Silva registering Huang for Chan. We're talking about Huang no, 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 Chan no, no, here, Dan. No, no, no. we're no, no we're okay. looking at Thiago Silva. Okay who had four attacking sequence involvements as a defender, one chance created and assist, uh, and three build up to an actual shot that occurred. And so, I don't know, like, just please send him back healthy enough to contribute at the <laughs> in the two-thirds of the season for the Premier League that are remaining. That's all I ask. You can go win the whole thing. Just please send him back in a condition where he can come play <laughs> because we're going to need him. Yeah, like... I, I now am rooting for Brazil to win comfortably in every match so that he can be subbed off halfway through. Like, that's where I'm at. Ooh, with, that's a good one. I like that. Minutes, uh, that's that's fun. Um, frankly, guys, all Chelsea players, that's kind of where I'm at on this. But uh, oldest player to ever assist in a World Cup? Uh, pretty intense, man. I mean, it's just... yeah. Uh, you, you, it doesn't take a whole lot of dreaming, Brandon, to, to think about this Brazil team lifting the world cup at this point and how special would it be to see Tiago Silva beat Messi uh, and then beat, you know, uh, let's say uh, I think England actually are going to go into the final, but like to, to just wear the, wear the gold medal around his neck to lift that trophy. I mean, I would just be, the capstone to a career. I just couldn't even imagine what that would feel like for him. Uh, look, they've got it all. Like I said, they're defending like absolute warriors with Tiago Marquinhos uh, back there. Casemiro seems to be, you know, ruling the, the years back as well. Uh, Vinny Jr. has absolutely announced himself uh, with this team. It looks like uh, Paqueta is settled in nicely and Rafinha's humming and even they can make Richarlison look good. If this team can take Everton's <laughs> now Tottenham's Richarlison and make him look good. It's a damn good team. I mean, it, and that's, and that's Spursy guys. Like that's a, that's a, that's like time and a half that you're putting in on that effort. Gabriel Jesus went home. Yeah. Here's the thing that I said before the world cup that was going to happen that I was waiting for, which Premier league, team was going to be ravaged by this World Cup the most. And one could make an assumption that missing Gabriel Jesus for two to three months could could derail Arsenal's uh, stellar start to the season. Um, add to the fact that they started to pick up a couple of injuries beforehand and may not be as straightforward, Dan, as, as they were hoping for. No, no uh, straightforward path to the title. Well, we, we can only hope that that is uh, a part of the case. I mean, you, know, we, you did see Jesus slow down a touch as he got into the start of the season, had a, a, a fast start. Um, but crazy enough, he's actually only scored uh, five Premier League goals for Arsenal so far this he, season. He fell out of FBL teams pretty quick. 
Everybody got back on the Holland train pretty quickly. Never off it. You're crazy if you were. Um, anyways, uh, yeah, Tiago Silva chipping in with the assist as well, getting involved in the play. I mean, look, every Brazilian can score. I mean, my God, I'm pretty sure Alisson has scored uh, as a goalkeeper as well. Uh, didn't he have the header a couple years ago? Yeah. yeah. He, he 100% scored a couple years ago. When you were like, oh, my God, Liverpool can't lose. Literally nothing can go wrong for them. I think it was the season they won the, the Premier League title. So Well, and, and that save he pulled out in this game against against South Korea. <sighs> and they I put mean, their third-string goalkeeper in at the end of this game. Everybody's getting minutes. Just to get all 26 all, in, yeah. Yeah, all it played. I mean, that's. I mean, you got to give Chiche uh, a, a, lot of, a lot of praise, the manager. I mean, people are talking about them dancing and, like, how it's disrespectful and, like, Surprise, surprise, old white guys are pissed off about it. Like, I give like me a Cundy, fucking break, Roy. Come on, man. Come on, dude. Uh, it, they've been doing this for years. And and may I may I give credit? I never thought I would say this on a podcast. May I give credit to Chad Ochocinco, uh, world-renowned uh, soccer analyst, who himself did quite a bit of showboating dancing back in the day. If you want to stop him from dancing, stop him from fucking scoring. That is the exact right goddamn attitude. And you know what? If you have an issue with the way that they're doing stuff as a team, kick rocks, man. Seriously. This is literally what we signed up for. It's their culture. We know what it is about. Samba. Yeah. That's what they do. (laughs) It's a dance. All right. Last one here is Japan one, Croatia one. That's right. The first one that went to knock out pens. Uh, you had a 1.2 XG from Japan with a 1.4 XG with Croatia. Uh, 13 shots, only four on target for Japan with 17 shots and only four on target for Croatia. Um, this was a, a tough one. Uh, Japan essentially doubling their possession with 42% from what they've had in the previous games. But this was tight the entire way. And again, uh, Croatia getting their goal, Japan uh, you know, fighting the entire game. Uh, you know, I, I thought that Croatia could have, should have won this one in regulation, but you know, sometimes they, they just took the patient approach knowing that they could possess against this team. And I think that they just kind of rode their luck. Uh, pens was a, was an absolute mauling. Yeah. The, the pens for Japan were, uh, disappointing to say the least. I think trying to figure out who had worse pens, actually Spain or Japan, I'm going to give it to Japan. They were all bad. Um, Every single one of them was bad. And, you know, look, I I think a lot of people found a soft spot in their hearts, Dan, in this tournament for Japan. Uh, The way they played, the way they kind of gritted through like 17% possession games in a World Cup. And just, you know, their fans are world class. Their their team is so respectful. you know, you saw the photo of their manager kind of bowing to the uh, to the Japanese faithful in the stands at the end of at the end of the match. It's it's the worst way in the world to go out penalties. So, I, you know, I feel for him. Yeah, the Samurai Blue showed up, though, and oh, yeah. they did a good job and they did their country proud and they got out of a group that didn't look super easy to get out of on paper. And so. Again, just like we were looking back at it and thinking about what could have been with the U.S. if we had done things differently, taken chances against the Netherlands, Japan topped a group with Spain and Germany and Costa Rica. Like that is really impressive. And I think 
people, you know, with the Asia performances and the African performances this year, I think the next World Cup and the next kind of sets of international competitions, people are going to need to take more seriously those teams from non-European power centers. Oh, yeah. I mean, you want to talk about having a great World Cup. The Asian Confederation had a phenomenal World Cup. I mean, you know, I know Australia is technically not a part of that confederate, their Oceania or whatever, but like even Australia getting through playing a tough game against Messi and Co. Right. Like, I mean, this is a it's 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 growing and like, you know, obviously the, the Korea result is difficult to take. This Japan-Croatia game was about as even a game as you could ever watch. I mean, 1.4 to 1.2 XG, both getting a goal. Extra time was just just a stalemate, and then they go to penalties, and that's why you practice penalties. I mean, you know, in Croatia, look clinical. They sure did. Um, so that, that sets up some very... Tasty, tasty quarterfinals uh quarterfinals quarterfinals with cheese we got netherlands argentina all right is the messy show going to continue on or the netherlands going to be very sneaky and continue their uh dominance after they barely beat the united states of america the united states of america <laughs> uh then the other set of games in that side of the bracket croatia brazil going to be hard for the croatians to stop that train bullet train maybe is a, a newer movie out you should check out okay did There's, you just drop a movie recommendation on uh, the that, podcast honest to god it's the first time it's ever happened you're welcome <laughs> maybe can you give us a 30 second pitch on why you should yeah, watch it yeah please uh go on an airplane it will pass the time greatly oh okay um england and france that's what the booze is for england and france uh which is definitely the blockbuster uh, one of them all. But then on the other side of them is Morocco, Portugal. So I think if you're really to distill it, we might get a Brazil Argentina semifinal. And then whoever advances from England, France is going to be playing the likes of Morocco or Portugal. Uh, it's probably going to come down to Europe versus South America again in the final. That's my prediction. Hot take Argentina don't get past the Netherlands. Hot take. Ooh. Wouldn't we like to see Argentina Brazil if we got to choose? Uh I mean, yeah, for the story for sure. And like their historical rivals playing in a World Cup semifinal. What like if it was story. Argentina versus Portugal in the final? Messi versus Ronaldo. The ultimate well, one, one of them would on be one playing duel. the other yeah, one. Yeah, probably, we'll, probably wouldn't. One would be a spec <laughs> hey. one would be the best seated spectator in the whole tournament. <laughs> no way Ronaldo allows the coach no. to bench him for the final. <laughs> no, no he'd be the 12th <laughs> man out there. He'd just no. be running. He would he would like he yeah, he would cash in everything to take on Messi in the final. <laughs> one one of the one of their other starters gets chloroformed in the locker room. Wow, I have no idea what happened. What a crazy Dude, thing. Dude, he would refuse. <laughs> <laughs> to not start. So you think Netherlands uh, will sneak by Argentina? Any other upsets? You had England over France, which I don't know if I consider an upset. I think that is literally 50-50 right now. I, I So according to Twitter and just the general vibes. Harry Maguire, the only one to stop Mbappe. <laughs> 
France are going to wipe the floor with England. I do not like. I watch both those games. France were impressive. Don't get me wrong. M- Mbappe is just nuts. I mean, he's, we we said that the other day. You pronounce it Giroud. <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh. Oh. And one Olivier Giroud. I just. I really. I looked at that England team and that performance that they put in and the midfield energy that they have going right now. And I just don't see a way that Rabio and Chuameni can match that. And I think, you know, these sorts of 50-50 games are won and lost in midfield. And good luck with Jude Bellingham, man. I mean, I, I Declan Rice and Jude Bellingham are playing out of their skin right now. I'd be curious at who starts at fullback for England. I think that'll really make a difference. Um, Trippier or Walker? To, yeah, or, or I guess Shaw. Like, you know, is, is Shaw the right? The right matchup on the other side. I don't, I don't know. Um, the the player to watch for France is who isn't obvious is Griezmann, who's played very well in this tournament, and I think sets up a lot of stuff for them. But uh, on the other side, I mean, Foden's no picnic to deal with either. Uh, and I would anticipate that that Bellingham Foden connection from from the other day would remain pretty strong. So, yeah, I mean. Uh, I think in football terms, you're right. It's 50-50. I think most people expect France to go through. I'm picking England. I'm picking the Netherlands. I'm picking Brazil. And you know what? Fuck it. I'm picking Morocco. Come on. Come on, Morocco. That's just a vibes pick, though. Okay. Dan, anything slanderous you want to say? Yeah, Dan. I think Brazil is still going to win it all. Think that it's going to be the first upset alert. A couple World Cups. I think it's well. It's an upset in the fact that a non-European team has not won it for the last three World Cups. So, for me to say that is that is a little bit of an upset relative to the teams that are left. When you have Netherlands, Croatia, England, France, uh, and Portugal, so the odds are not in your favor when you say a non-European side is going to win it. Um, yeah, Morocco. I would say that a non-European side is going to win the World Cup. Morocco. I mean, it was 0-2 with El Fenomeno and R9, or what was Roberto Carlos's thing? I don't remember. Anyways, the Ronaldo the, and Roberto The Carlos. hardest left foot in the history of the world. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, yeah, it's been 20 years for them, too. It's a, it's a long time coming. Uh Maybe of interest to you, the leading golden boot race is Kylian Mbappe. Uh, tied in tied in second would be Alvaro Morata, who is done. Uh, Bukayo Saka is up there. Uh, Cody Gakpo Uh-oh. is still in it. Uh, Gonzalo Ramos went from not involved in the Golden Boot race to immediately involved. <laughs> uh, Messi is on three. Rashford's on three. Giroud is on three, and Richarlison is on three. Um, so that I'm sure those players are going to continue to kind of fight for that. But uh, we shall see. We'll be back. At what? Post some- I will say Mbappe is probably going to win it because he has assists as well, which are a big tiebreaker in that. So, is it? So, oh, yeah. Mm. Hmm. He has two. Yeah. Um, and they I, were saying on the broadcast the other day, like, if it if it goes to a tie, like, that's the next nobody, like, criteria. Nobody else on the goals list is even on there. So maybe one. Yeah. It could all change very quickly. Anyways, that's going to wrap us up. Another World Cup update done. Another cup date in the book, Stan. I uh, hope you enjoyed it, man. I know you've been just yeah, I hope you enjoyed it, logging the hours on the World Cup coverage. 
Well, now you know, I really have just been thinking about, are we going to finish this so I can go check out uh, a hotly recommended new movie, Bullet Train, <laughs> starring Brad Pitt. You're welcome. That's actually, Available stream now on HBO Max. You are welcome. It's a great one. It's clever. The, the next World Cup review that we do is actually just going to be a Bullet Train review. <laughs> So everyone just hold on to, to your the, hats. Uh, the hidden stories and symbolism of uh, Bullet Train. Yeah, you guys, I tell you what, you'll enjoy it. Thank me later at BB Busby uh, for praise. <laughs> we'll accept all of it. Uh, but anyways, we are out. Hope you enjoy the rest of the pods this week. Uh, as you know, Sam and Dan just put out a Players to Watch pod. Uh, we have another famous CFC and a Tinkerman, a bit of a surprise Tinkerman on Friday. So Ooh, no shortage surprise. of content. We are still here for you. Hope you're enjoying it. Anyway, Chelsea fans, uh, enough is enough. So until next time, you know what to do. Keep the blue flag flying high.